Good to see everybody today. Is you guys excited to be here today? That was convincing. That was convincing. <laughs> it's uh, it's awesome to be here. We are kicking off a, a new sermon series. Uh, Leslie did that. Pastor Leslie did that for us last week. She did an awesome job. Am I right? She did an awesome job um, bringing across a message. And uh, I was telling Vanceburg this morning. You know, we're we're truly blessed to have heard that message from Pastor Leslie because she does an excellent job, and she's one of the best I've seen at evangelizing to people and, and making connections with people. And in her sermon last week, she said that she's only lived here for six or seven years, and she knows more people in the county than most people have lived here their whole life, and, and that's me. She knows a lot more people than I do. And that really that, that pricked my heart. I was like, man, I need to, I need to make an effort to, uh, to know more people. And uh, so... Yeah, we're, we're so lucky to be able to hear that from Pastor Leslie. If I was to actually take a poll and say, um, who here was invited or came because Leslie invited you, it would be a lot of people. I wouldn't do it because I don't want to, but it would be a lot of people at both campuses. So it was just an awesome thing. And I hope that you guys said the prayer at the end that said that you wanted God to cross your paths with somebody who needs you, who who, who you can minister to, who... I hope you said that prayer at the end, and I hope he's done that. If he hasn't, I just, I, I just, you know, just keep praying because God will put those people in your path, and He will have your paths crossed with somebody who can, who can truly uh, benefit from knowing you. And uh, so it's just awesome. We need to earn the right to be able to be heard in those situations. Um, a lot of times, uh, some Christians, not all Christians, but some Christians, they just want to kind of shove their faith down other people's throat and they want to just go right into the relationship and before they even begin to know who that person is or what they've been through they just want to shove beliefs upon them and and Leslie talked about how we need to earn that right to be able to speak truth into their life and that's so true because I'm telling you if I'm not a Christian and you come at me without knowing me and trying to force something on me I'm not listening okay so earn that, earn that right, earn that relationship, and, and that was an amazing thing. So this week we're going to do um, a different topic, and uh, it's going to be church leadership, church leadership, leadership in the church, and, and uh, I'm excited to do it because my heart is serve, service, that's my heart. I'm a, I have a servant's heart, I love to serve in, in different capacities and do different things, and uh, so I'm excited to be able to share with you what I think a leader does and, and how we can all be leaders together. So let's just stand really quickly and we're just going to read uh, this together. Um, this is from the message version and um, so let's just read it because I don't know, I told Vanceburg I read kind of slow and I get behind and then the music kind of throws me off and I'm like and then I don't, I'm lost, I don't know where I'm at so let's read it together. Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave his charge God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go, somebody say go. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day and night, right up until the end of the age. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to speak and to share my heart, God, and what you've given me, God, for these people today. Father, I just ask that you would be with us. Father, that you would impact our hearts, God. Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds to, to what you have to say to us today. Father, you commissioned us all to go and to serve. And it's not a question of, 
of should I serve, it's a question of where should I serve and, and, and just how can I serve, God. So, Father, we thank you for everything that you've blessed Bethesda with. We thank you for growth. We thank you for, for uh, great pastors, God. We thank you for great people who come, and we thank you for everything that's going on, the kids and, and, the, and the nursery, just so many awesome blessings you bestowed upon Bethesda, God. We just ask that you continue to pour your blessings out on us, Father. And just be at the center of everything we do. Because without you at the center, Father God, what we're doing is for nothing. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and be seated. So church leadership. Church leadership is exciting to me. It's exciting to me. It may not be exciting to everybody, but to me, leadership is extremely exciting. I, um, whenever I started as youth pastor here at Bethesda, um, I, I got to hang out with Pastor Ben a lot, and uh, he, he kind of mentored me and showed me some things, and he gave me some leadership books to read, and, and he just got me on to these, uh, this kick of leadership. And ever since then, I've just been absolutely on fire for it. I love it um, because I think that the church needs better leaders, and I think that we as a whole can be better at leading. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to start off really quickly. So why don't you just look at your neighbor and just say, I wish you were a better leader. Brandon, I heard some. I heard some names singled out. Brandon, <laughs> now look back at me. Look back at me and say, "I wish you were a better leader." Yeah. Hey, guess what? Me too. I wish I were a better leader too. Okay, because if I were a better leader, then things in my life would get easier. Like being a youth pastor at church would get a lot easier if I led better. Uh, I would have better relationships with people if I was a better leader. And everybody likes to have a good relationship, right? You like to have good solid relationships. I would have better relationships with my students that come to youth group. I would have better relationships with the parents of the students that come to youth group. I would have better relationships with people I work with at my job. And I would have better relationships with you guys. I mean, if I were a better leader, I would have better relationships. So if we're better leaders, we can have better relationships. We have to be better leaders first. I wish I were a better leader. But let me tell you where I think I fail at being a leader. I fail. There's a book called 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which is one of the first books Ben told me to read. He said, you need to read this book. It's really good. It's by John Maxwell, and uh, there's 21 laws to leadership. 21 laws, irrefutable, he says. And so far, I haven't been able to refute them, so I guess he's kind of right. But um, the 13th law in that book is called the law of reproduction. The law of reproduction. The byline to that is that it takes a leader to raise up a good leader. It takes a leader to raise up a good leader. And I think I kind of fail at that because I don't necessarily reproduce who I am in anybody that I come into contact with. I just kind of try to build them up a little bit or, or whatever, and then I, don't, I just go on about my business, and they're just the exact same spot they were whenever I met them. I don't necessarily reproduce as well as what I should. And I do a lot of things for the church, and I do a lot of different jobs on Sundays, just to run you through just a quick uh, Sunday in my life. Um, I wake up early. You guys like waking up early? I don't like waking up early. But my life has become waking up early. Like, I have to get up early for work. And now on Saturdays when I try to sleep in, you know what time I wake up? Like 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, and I'm wide awake, and I'm like, oh. I just wish I could sleep until noon like I used to when I was in high school. You know, like, I just want to sleep. Why can't I sleep? I don't know. But anyway, I'm so used to waking up early that I just wake up while I'm cute. It's, it's, it's kind of annoying, to be honest with you. But I wake up early, and I come to church. 
I come and I have to come early because we need to run through songs together as a, as a worship band. That way we don't sound so horrible and, and crazy. So we have to, so I come in and I get on the drums and it's very early to get on the drums, okay? Eight, 8.45 is too early to be hearing cymbals in your ears, okay? So it's way early. We come and we set up and we get everything going and I'm playing and playing and playing. Then I go back and I greet and I love to greet. I love seeing people coming in. I I shake people's hands as they come in, tell them I'm glad to see them because I truly am glad to see them at the church. And I believe that God can change lives when we get people in here and uh, hearing the awesome word from Pastor Ben and, and great worship. And, and I think that God truly changes lives in those moments. So I truly am excited to see them come through the door. It's not a, it's not a fake, happy, you know, smile. It's real. I really am glad to see you. And I love doing that. And after that, the church starts, so then we have to worship. We actually do the real thing. And, and then after that, um, it's transition time. And sometimes I transition, sometimes Pastor Leslie transitions. So we just kind of trade off every once in a while. And uh, so it, it, just the same people talking to you every single week. So, um, you know, I'll do transition. And then after transition, I go to the back and I grab my little clipboard and I begin counting the people that, that come in. And I'm counting all you guys. I'm like, okay, there's one, two, three. And I have to break them down from adults to kids to all kinds of different stuff. And, and then I go down and I count all those little kitties and I come back up. And, man, I do all kinds of stuff. And then at the end of the service, me and Ernie, we take the cash that's been taken up and we we do it together so there's two people doing it so there's accountability there there's not somebody pocketing some cash you know what I'm saying so there's two people counting then everything is done in twos and that way there's accountability in the place and and so that's why we have two if you've ever seen us counting that's why we have two people doing that for accountability issues and and, and we don't want anybody to think that anything's going wrong okay so we do that so we do a lot of things here at Bethesda I do a lot of things I'm not trying to toot my horn or trying to make myself sound awesome. I just I enjoy serving, and I just keep stepping into these roles that are, are, are you know presented to me, and I'll just keep I'll just keep doing it because that's just who I am as a person, and I don't necessarily reproduce who I am. See, Albie and I are different. Albie has a whole different take on leadership than I do. Albie is the absolute master at delegation. Has anybody ever been given a job by Albie in here? Yes, I'm telling you, she is the master at delegation. Brandon's shaking his head yes, and this is the reason why, okay? This is my wife, natural leader that she is. On our wedding, like the wedding rehearsal day, Pastor Ben, you may have been there, but on our wedding rehearsal day, we have, she sets down all the bridal party, everyone, sets them down the front row of the church that we were in, and she has this sheet of paper, and on the sheet of paper, she has everybody's to-do list, Okay? And she walks through, hands each one of them, and says, you're responsible for getting this done on wedding day. If it's not done on wedding day, then you're in trouble, okay? You don't want Bridezilla on you on wedding day. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that to happen. And she has this amazing ability to delegate work. She is not a department manager at Walmart, okay? But everybody at Walmart comes to her to ask what to do. And she's telling department managers what to do. She's telling assistant managers what to do. And one of her assistants came up to her just uh, this week, actually, and told her, they said, I'm noticing that when we ask people to do things, they come to you and ask how to do it, and then you tell them how to do it, and they just do it. What's the deal? And I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I was a better leader like that so that I could do that. But for me, how I lead is I just do the job. Like, I try to lead by example. You ever hear anybody lead by example, guys? Well, I try to do that. But if I haven't formed relationships with people, then that doesn't help anything. You see, if I'm just trying to get a job done, then 
and I'm over here my whole time my prayer is you know if I'm sweeping after youth or something I'm praying you know God man let them just see me sweeping and someone say you know if he's not too good to do it I'll do it too and I'll, I'll get up there and sweep but you know kids they're like huh Dusty's sweeping I don't have to do it good you know so yeah what an idiot yeah so I try to lead by example doesn't necessarily work if I were a better leader than the example would ring out and and it would just work I don't reproduce who I am as a leader I think I fail at that if I were a better leader man I would say to someone and actually it was so cute today man I loved it uh, Shea came up and I think Ben told her to get one of these and go back and greet and I went back there to help her greet and as soon as I stood back there she said uh, this is not your job this is my job and I was like okay I was like can I help and she said no I was like, good, you can do it. You can just, you can have it. I was like, make sure you tell them there's coffee and donuts downstairs. She was like, I will. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. And she was greeter today. That was so awesome, man. I'm just going to let her do it for now on. She can handle it. But if I were a better leader, I would take someone with me and say, hey, you can greet with me, and, and maybe even you can take over leading with me. You know, you can just take over greeting with me. You can lead in that position. Start your own greeter team. We used to have a really cool greeter team here. And so... Man, if I were a better leader, I would say, hey, somebody count for me back there. I know Cubby's doing the counting today. Thank you, Cubby. Appreciate it. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. I love seeing people stepping up and serving in the church. I love to see people just taking the lead and going. Uh, Cubby, did Albie give you that job? Yeah. Delegation at its finest. <laughs> exactly what I was telling you. But I'm just saying, I wish that if I were a better leader, then I could just take Covey with me and say, Covey, this is how you count, and he could do it every week. He could take the lead and do it every week if he needed to, and I wouldn't have to worry about that, and that would free me up to be youth pastor in the church. It would free me up to, to, to mingle with the kids and mingle with people and, and sit on the front row like I used to. Man, when I first started youth pastoring, I sat on the front row every single Sunday with my kids. Every Sunday, I sat on the front row, and we had a whole slew lineup of kids. Like, both rows were taken up. And we still have that many kids. Just let me tell you, we still have that many kids coming to youth. They just don't come to Sunday service. <laughs> but there's a lot of kids that come to youth. It's really cool. But I used to sit up here, and I could do that because I didn't have to be back there greeting, or I didn't have to be counting, or, or, or you know, there's so many different things that hinder me from being able to do what I what I really want to be doing, which is serving the kids of, of Bethesda, serving the youth of Bethesda. And I'm not saying this to say that, you know, man. Well, actually, I am kind of saying this to say, we need to get going and to serve and lead and step up and, and, and see jobs that need to be finished and, and just doing them and doing them well and just stepping into those positions. I know, um, I don't want to, sorry, guys, but Rachel and, uh, and Ruby, they came up to me after service one day and said, where's the blue tickets at? Where's those blue envelopes at? And I said, they're in the office. And they took them and they filled up the rows with the envelopes. They seen a job that needed to be done and they stepped up and they did it. Thank you guys for doing that. We need more people that are willing to just step up and serve in those capacities and do things. And I wish I were a better leader. Somebody say, I wish I were a better leader. Oh. Oh, you know you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Somebody say it. Come on, I want to hear you say it. I wish I were a better leader. I do too. I wish you were a better leader too. I wish I was a better leader. So how do we become better leaders? How do we become better leaders? How do we get to a point to where we can just step into those roles and do things like that? What do we do? Where do we go? You see, I feel like also where I fail as a leader is I don't equip people well. I don't train them well. I don't, I don't give them the opportunity to step in and do things. 
because I am just doing the work, you know, and not inviting others to come with me. So what do we do? We have to start, I think, at the I Belong classes. We have to start there because there you're going to get a good learning of, of what Bethesda is about, what we do, how you can serve, where you can serve, what capacities, uh, when to be able to serve, how to lead through those things, and, and it's just really, really awesome. I mean, I go to it every time, and I love it, okay? If you've gone to it before, go to it again because it didn't work the first time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so come again. Come again, all right? So this time we're going to get you plugged in. We're going to get you plugged in. We want you serving here at Bethesda, okay? There's something you can do. And no job is a small job, okay? No job is a small job. I'm going to single Greg out. I'm sorry, Greg. But our brother Greg, I love Greg to death. He does so much here at, at Kentucky Heights or at this campus. Uh, and, you know, there's an old saying that says 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And I don't want to make anyone upset or, you know, and I, I prayed throughout my sermon prep that, that God, please don't let me say anything that's going to upset someone or make me feel like I'm stepping on toes or, or don't let me, don't let me offend anybody. I don't want to do that. That's not my heart, man. My heart is loving and I just love you guys. So anything I say today, just know that it's coming from a place of love, and, and I'm speaking to myself as well, okay? I'm not just speaking to you. I'm speaking to me as well, because God is speaking, okay? And so I'm just saying, Greg, he does so much for this church. Greg mows the grass, okay? He mows the grass here at Kentucky Heights. He plays guitar in the worship band. He, he buys really cool equipment. Have you guys heard the subwoofer? Has anybody noticed that there's like a good bass sound going on in this church now? Does anybody notice that? That's because Greg brought this awesome subwoofer in, and my kick drum actually sounds like a kick drum. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It doesn't just sound like a plop, plop, you know? It sounds like a boom, boom, you know? I like that. It's really cool. And, uh, like, on Tuesdays, if I want to play some rap for the youth, I can get down in here. It sounds like a club or something going on. I bet the neighbors are like, what's going on in that church? <laughs> These people are crazy. But he does that, and he, he does things like that. And he comes early, every Sunday early, and, and sweeps the floor, Okay. And, and he turns on the air conditioning so it's nice and cool in here. Thank you, Greg, man. That's awesome. He, he actually cleans out offices, okay? He cleans out these offices, makes sure they're nice and neat, takes out the trash. I mean, he does so much. I'm sure I'm forgetting stuff, but he does so much for the church. And, man, wouldn't it just be awesome if someone said, Greg, I'll mow the grass. Greg, I'll, I'll sweep the floor one time. Oh, yeah, forgot. He also does donuts and coffee downstairs. Um, what, what if someone said, hey, I'll do donuts and coffee this week? You know, what if someone just stepped up and took the lead to where poor Greg wasn't doing it all by himself, and Greg don't care to do it. He loves doing it. He loves serving. That's who he is as well, and that's awesome. I love that. But, man, it would be so cool if he didn't have to do that. You know, we as a church can step up, and we can, we can do things. We can get things done together, or a few of us can get things done for the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? We need to move and start leading together. We need to step up and do jobs that need to be done and just... You know what I'm saying? Come on. You got you to hear me. You got to hear me. So many things that need to be done. Trash pickup before and after service. If there's trash on the floors or anything like that, that's a job that needs to be done. Um, sweeping after service. Um, teaching. Kids, four and under, need nursery teachers, man. We need people who are willing to serve in that capacity. We need people who are willing to teach our five and up classes. 
it's really cool. Listen to me. I told the, I told the Vanceburg campus uh, this morning that I'm just going to be honest with you. I never have liked teaching the kids. I'm telling you. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan, I should say. I, I just I, I didn't like it. And I actually told Les, I said, if you can put me on there as few times as possible, we're good. Because I have trouble relating. It's not that I don't like the kids. I love the kids. And they're awesome. And if you go down there and you hear them pray, the prayer over their, over their little snack, oh my gosh, man, it melts your heart. And I just love them to death. It's not that I don't like the kids. I just have trouble teaching the kids. I can't get on their level for some reason. Okay? I just, I always had issues with that. I couldn't, I don't know. I would try to talk to them like I'm talking to you guys is what my issue was. And they're like, okay, we're kids and you're an idiot and we're not listening. Okay? And we want snack and, and uh, is there crafts? Is there games? What are we doing? Okay? So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out ways and I'm asking Al because they love her. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, what, what, what's the, what's, what's the deal here? You know, and I can't figure it out. But finally, there was two kids that came to Beth uh, Vanceburg who, um, who I got in, okay, all right, they are, they love me, they think I'm the coolest guy in the world, all right, so just, if you didn't know, now you know, all right, I'm the coolest person in the world, and here's how I did it, okay, I made a, a toilet joke, okay, I know you're probably thinking he did something profound, nope, just said, hey, what if Katie got flushed down the toilet, and then they were like, ah ha ha, and now I'm awesome, okay, so deal with that, and now the kids ask for me, they're like, hey, can he teach us, he's the best teacher ever, Okay, and hey, I'll teach them, okay, because I love it, all right? And it's not so much about how we feel, man. I know that we get caught up a lot of times on how we feel. We, we, we determine what we're going to do at church and what we're, how we're going to serve about how we feel about that position. Or we say, you know, well, I'm not a big fan of teaching the kids, so I'm not going to teach the kids, all right? You know, or we, just, we go off of how we feel. We can't do that because those kids deserve to hear about Jesus, whether how you feel is good or not. So, pray about that. We need people who are willing to serve in those capacities and teach, okay? We need people who are willing to love kids. And it's not so hard that you have to prepare a whole sermon for the kids. You know, it's a few things and just loving on them and letting them know that Jesus is there and that he's their best friend, okay? It's not that, it's, I mean, it's not, it's good for them. It's good for you too, I promise. You'll come away, and I'm telling you, you'll be so built up by the fact that those little kids know how to say a little prayer. When Alex says a prayer over the snack, I'm telling you what, there's nothing cuter I've ever heard in my life than when Alex says a little prayer because she squeezes her hands so tight together and you can see the whites of her knuckles and she's got her eyes closed and she's just like, dear God, thank you. And it's just the cutest thing. And she means it from her heart, man. And I'm telling you, that food is blessed, all right? God is like extra blessing for that food. That kid is going in, all right? It is awesome. So do, I mean, I'm telling you, it's amazing to serve and to step up and take that lead and say, I'm going to teach, I'll teach, I'll do something, I'll do anything. We need people that were willing to worship, to, to play music, play instruments, to sing. We need people to, to who are willing to do that because, you know, we do a thing here at, at Bethesda where we like to worship one and serve one. That's our, that's, our, that's our thing that we want to happen, our big vision, big thing. We want people to worship one and serve one, and I applaud Amy Thayer. Amy, you do an amazing job because she'll actually do that. She'll go to Vanceburg and teach, and then she'll come to church here to worship. So awesome. 
she does what we try to we're trying to flesh that out and she does an amazing job of doing that and the kids love her too i'm losing to her as well so here we go more more competition i guess <laughs> we're like we're, amy said she's gonna make uh, uh what's the goopy stuff the slime so when's she coming all right <laughs> yeah i don't know if she's coming next week maybe i don't know but they love her too so we need people that put the tithe envelopes in the back of there all right we need people that are willing to greet be a greeter team willing to step up and you can learn all these things that i belong we need people that there's new people that have been coming to bethesda i don't know if you noticed but 91 people came through bethesda doors last week 91 people and at the beginning of the year pastor ben said that our mission was to gain one not the gain, but to reach one percent of the people of lewis county does anybody know what the number is for one percent of the people of lewis county it's like 130s i was literally asking it's like 130 something think because there's like 138 the man the live the myth the legend Pastor Dave. All right. 138 all right 138 that's how many people we want to reach we were at 91 last week we're getting you know what i'm saying we're growing things are happening here and there's so many new people coming through the doors and i bet probably just a few of them maybe if any of them have been getting connection cards does anybody know what a connection card is connection card is a thing where you give it to new people and they're able to fill out some information and and uh, and and tell us about who they are and what they're about and maybe where they live that way we can take them cookies who got cookies when they first started coming to bethesda cookie 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 yay hey i didn't i didn't get any cookies all right and i'm pretty upset about it my feelings are hurt <laughs> we need people to make cookies and take cookies we need people to do that too we need people to count Kelby, that's your job for now on. You're counting here at Kentucky Heights. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to be like Albie. That's your job. That's <laughs> Cubby the counter. <laughs> I have a job. I love Cubby. He's awesome. I love it. I love it. So just really quickly, I just want, you know, I was praying this week, and I was just asking God, you know, nothing nothing motivates people. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a great preacher. I'm not a good public speaker. I'm not good at this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I wish I were better, because if I were better, I could really inspire and really just get you going and, and light you up and set you on a path and just, I wish I could do that better, I, I do. Um, but I'm not, I, I just do what I can do. And um, I was praying to God, I was like, God, how am I going to just incite them and ex excite them as well? And, and what am I gonna do? And he gave me a verse in Nehemiah chapter one and he said that, well, I'll just, I'll just read it first. There was a verse in here that just absolutely jumped out to me and was amazing. So he was at the fortress of Susa. This is Nehemiah speaking. Hannah and I, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from the captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted and prayed to God of heaven. You see, when Nehemiah heard that his homeland was in ruins it broke his heart now nehemiah is the king's cupbearer at this moment in his life he was 
a, a bear, he all he did was he gave a cup to the king that he drank, and he didn't have a huge, you know, job title. It wasn't that amazing thing. It wasn't this awesome job. It was a small job, but it was important because someone could easily poison the king by giving him some poison in their cup, and that happened a lot in history if you if you read about it. So he had a really important job, but it seems like a small job because all he's doing is handing a cup. All right. When he hears that his hometown and his people have been exiled and, and everybody's just in disgrace and the Jews aren't doing well and, and his hometown is just broken and, and, and the gates have been destroyed by fire, he, he weeps. He cries. He allows his heart to be broken. And then when his heart is broken, change comes. So I ask you this morning, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? When is the last time that you allow God to truly just break your heart for something? Like, and I mean, like, when God breaks your heart, it's real. It's like a crazy moment, all right? And so you would know. You would remember. But, man, God just, I remember one time God absolutely just destroyed my heart, man. Every year we do at the youth group, um, we do a sex series, and that sex series is just about, you know, how, what God thinks about sex. He created it, and in our world, man, we have so many people that want to lie and say that, you know, there's so many, the media has a different view on sex, and, and, and the government has a different view, and the teachers are saying, do it this way, and, you know, it's just, it's be safe, you know, but do it, be safe, you know, and this, there's so many different things, but we never look to where it was created. You know, God created it to do this amazing thing, and, and we distort it as human beings. And um, so, so we always do a series, and we try to teach them what the Bible says about sex and what that is. And, and we do a sex survey. It's anonymous, completely anonymous. We don't know who said what. And I remember the first year we did it, man, I was reading through the results. I was, I was laying in my bed. I was just, you know, <laughs> I was being lazy that day, apparently. And I was just reading all these results. And I picked up the first one, and I went through it, and I was like, oh, wow, that's horrible. You know, that's not really good at all. And I'm talking like sexual abuse, talking just awful things like that. And, and I was like, well, maybe that was just the one, you know, the outlier. And I kept reading, and it seemed like every time I would flip over a page, it would get worse, and it would get worse, and it would get worse. And I was like, what, what is happening? And I remember just sitting there in the bed and just literally crying my eyes out because God just absolutely broke my heart for these kids who didn't deserve what they got, but they got it anyway. And I was thinking, God, man, I came from this awesome childhood where my parents loved me and took care of me and would do anything to protect me and keep me from things like that. Yet, these kids didn't get that. Why didn't they get that? And my heart was just broke for them. And I hated that, man. I, and I wish if I could go and change that for them, I would do it in a heartbeat, okay? I would do it. But I made a vow that day because my heart was so broken. I made a vow, and I said, you know what? No matter what, I'm going to be there for those kids. I'm going to come to youth every Tuesday, every Thursday, whenever we have it, and I'm going to step up, and I'm going to love those kids. And I'm going to make sure that they have someone in their life who's a constant, who is preaching good things into their lives and positive encouragement and just being there for them when they are in trouble and in need. And, and, you know, man, those kids need it. Our students need that. They need people who are willing to step up and say, I'm here for you. And I, Rachel, thank you so much because she's always on our social media saying, encouraging the kids and, and telling them that they're beautiful and telling them that they're awesome. So thank you so much that you do that. That is so awesome. And there's others that do it too. 
But man, I'm just, Amy, I know Amy does well, but I just, I'm so, so, so thankful for that because the kids need it. Our students need that. When's the last time your heart broke for our students at Bethesda? When's the last time your heart broke because there was trash all over the parking lot whenever they took the trailer out and there was insulation all over the parking lot and nobody picked it up? Did it break your heart to know that, man, I just didn't do it. I didn't step up and do what I knew that needed to be done. Does it break your heart to see that the same people are teaching every single week, every every week? It's like the same people are doing the same jobs, and, and I'm just sitting here not doing anything, man. I, I don't know. When is the last time you allowed God to truly impact you where you're sitting and impact you where you are? I ask you to stand with me today. Leslie, if you'll come. Father, I need your help here, Jesus. Because, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough preacher. I'm not a good enough speaker. But, Father, you know my heart, and you know I'm coming from love here, Jesus. I'm not trying to upset anybody or make anyone feel like they don't do anything, but, God, all I'm asking, Jesus, is that you just break our hearts where we are, God. Father, there's so much work to be done. There's so many things that can be done here. Bethesda can do so many more better things. We could reach tons more people. We could reach 5% of the population of Lewis County if we needed to. God, but we need you, Jesus, to come and meet us where we are, God, and come and break our hearts where we are for the lost people, God. There's 13,000 people and some odd people that come here that are, that are here in Lewis County, but only... Maybe 3,000 of them are actually attending a church, which means that 10,000 are going to hell. Does that break our hearts? Should it? Should it break your heart to your core? I think so. I believe so. So this morning, I just ask you today, I just ask you to say a prayer in this, in this general area. Just pray that the Holy Spirit would enter in and just break your heart this morning for the things that need to be done here at Bethesda. For the people in Lewis County who are going to hell unless someone reaches them. For the people in our nation who are going to hell unless someone reaches out to them. You see, it's up to us because Jesus commissioned us. He said, go. And not just go to church and sit. He said, go, do, serve. I came to serve. If Jesus came to serve, I'm not too good to serve. So let's pray that prayer. Let's just have a moment here, just a silent moment. Father God, thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. God, thank you for breaking hearts, God, for impacting lives, God. We know that true change happens, Jesus, when, when you break hearts. And Nehemiah, he went on, he built that wall, God, and you gave him favor before the king, and 
And he, he built the wall, and he did some awesome things, Jesus, and he became an excellent leader. Father, we're asking for change. We're asking for leaders to step up today, Father God. We thank you, Jesus, for everything. We ask you continue to bless us and use us, God, for your kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name, amen.